0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. For today's episode, we're going to have a full crossover preview with John Chick of Locked on New York Rangers, as this is a massive matchup for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Rangers come into this having won seven in a row. They are now one point ahead of the Penguins for third place in the Metropolitan Division. This division right now, very, very tight. It almost seems like no one wants to lose in the division as of late. So that will be today's episode, and it's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day
1: all right welcome back ranger fans and penguin fans we got a very special crossover edition for you guys here today this is john chick with locked on new york rangers joined by my good friend hunter hodes from locked on penguins hunter both our teams playing quite a bit better lately uh how are we feeling how are we doing today
0: you know, i um, feeling good. You know, the Penguins seven-game winning streak did come to an end um, on Sunday. They played a very good Carolina Hurricanes team. It was a 50-50 game, as, like, the other one was. But, you um, <clears throat> know, the vibes are still very good. They've won 12 of their last 15 games, seven out of eight. I um, know they're one point behind the Rangers now, but that also comes because the Rangers have been very hot lately too. But, you know, it, it's going to be a sprint um, all the way to April. But, you know, the vibes, you know, compared to where we were, you know, early November, you know, late late October – um, it's, they're much better right now. The team is playing a lot better.
1: Yeah. It's crazy, man. you know, sometimes early in the season, a team will scuffle, get off to a little bit of a slow start and you'll hear things like, well, it's early, it's early. And like, yeah, it is. But you know what? This is the Eastern conference, which is no joke. Uh, the Metro is always big time. So, you know, the Rangers, they were losing some games to some bad teams early in the season. And I'm thinking like, man, you know, if this team misses the playoffs or like, doesn't get as good of a spot in the playoffs as they would want and has a tough draw in the first round. You're going to look at some of these games as a uh, kind of the reason why. So it's nice. I'm sure for both fan bases that both teams have gotten it together sooner rather than later here. But uh, you know, Hunter, something I definitely want to talk to you about, and I'm sure you've discussed it a lot on your show and it might be kind of old news for, for you guys, but uh, for Ranger fans, I'm sure they're interested to get your take on this. Uh, you know, Evgeny Malkin, Crystal Tang, they were both UFAs going into this off season. And I remember we talked, you know, last season and you were pretty confident that they would bring back at least one of the two, Uh, but they're both back, both making $6.1 million per season. Uh, Just your thoughts on the Penguins getting that done and and keeping the band together. And uh, are you happy that they're obviously having good seasons and Tang had that stroke, which was unfortunate, but uh, Malkin having a very good season. Uh, Just your thoughts on that whole situation there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was the only sensible move, I thought, for the Penguins at the time. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense right now. Malkin has played um, virtually every game uh, this season over a point per game. You know, this was the typical production that you know I think a lot of us were expecting. You know, there were, you know, no disrespect to Vince Trochik, who is on the Rangers, but some Penguins fans were thinking he could replace Malkin. But that's just, I mean, that's just not realistic because of what Malkin can do um, in all three zones in on the power play. Um, Letang had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but, you know, Honestly, ever since he did have that stroke, which obviously is very scary, and I'm, and I'm glad that he is okay, he's been playing, I think, some of the finest hockey of his season. You know, his underlings have been a lot better these last three to four games playing with Marcus Pedersen since coming back. Um, they both have been key cogs for the Penguins season. Heck, Latang, he's playing already 25, 28 minutes a night, just two two three weeks after he suffered the stroke. And that's just typical ho hum for him. You know, he's a hockey player through and through. Um, He even said to the media after he got, after he had the stroke, he said, yeah, you're going to have, it's going to take a lot more than that to get me away from the game. It's like, all right, man, I I, I know, I know what you're saying, but that's definitely a, it's, you know, health scare, you know, not just for hockey, but for life um, in in general. But I've been very happy with their production. The second line when it's been healthy, I think has been one of their best lines right outside the Crosby, Gensel, um, Raquel line with Zucker and Rust. Uh, Malkin is really benefited him from playing with them this year. And then ever since Brian Dumoulin came off the top pairing, which was a move that needed to happen because Dumoulin has not looked like himself, um, you know, Pedersen has been really helping him get his game back. And, you know, you've seen that the last three to four games.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just want to say, you know, obviously props to Chris Letang for, for coming back from this as, as fast as he did. And, uh, you know, all the best to him going forward. Cause he had something similar. I remember a few years ago, um, so so hopefully everything's okay there. But man, you know, hockey players, they're they're just a different breed. I mean, I I hear stroke and I think like, I mean, potentially that could be it for him. I mean, not just yeah. this season, but maybe for good. And like 10 days later, he's back out there on the ice skating with his teammates. So uh it, it's great stuff. I I just hope that he's okay, you know, obviously going forward. Um, and the other thing I have to ask you about, I mean, Sidney Crosby, I don't even know what to say. I just say the guy's name and how many more years of this, Hunter? How many more years. Do I as a Ranger fan have to worry about this guy and you know I mean is he going to slow down just a little bit at some point here or just going to keep dominating for another decade or so?
0: You know until he stops being Sidney Crosby I think we just have to expect him to keep dominating like this. I mean I would have him um I mean I, may, I might be a little biased but you know I try to be objective with it. I would have him as a Hart Trophy finalist right now. I don't know if it would be enough to supplant Jason Robertson or maybe Connor McDavid, but I would have Sid right up there with them. He's well over a point per game as as the Penguins have gone this season, you know, he's been right there. You know, he's just been unbelievable um, in all three zones, Again, well over a point per game. He's been their most consistent player night in and night out. And, you know, he's a big reason why the team went on that seven-game winning streak, why they won 12 out of the last 14 games. Um, it all started with a game against Washington, and then it, it continued, you know, the, over this last month. And, you know, it, it, he's been the main reason for it. You know, he had a little bit of off-game against Carolina. I'm not worried about it. You know, usually he follows – excuse me, those off games with some of his finest of the season. So would not be surprised if he does have a big game on Tuesday against the Rangers. But yeah, John, he's been fantastic this season. This might be one of the best seasons I think I've seen him play for his career. And that's saying a lot because I've seen him play basically every game as a penguin. And he's gone over well, won well over a hundred points, numerous times in his career, but you know, he may not hit it this season, but I do think in terms of his consistency night in and night out, um, this might be one of his most consistent seasons. In a while. He's just a, a treat to watch right now. And, you know, he's, again, he's the main reason why they're in striking distance with to first place with the Metro.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, obviously as a Ranger fan, I was joking a minute ago and like, when's this guy going to go away or at least slow down a little bit? But honestly, man, like as a Ranger fan, like, There's part of me that's glad that he's still there. I I mean, I might live to regret these words, but there's part of me that's glad that he's still there. There's part of me that's glad that Malkin and Letang are still there because those guys, I mean, this is such a great rivalry, and all three of those players are just so, like, firmly entrenched in this rivalry. Like, when Crosby finally does retire, whenever that does happen – The rivalry kind of, you know, takes a little bit of a hit, I think, you know, just because he's been such a part of it. All these battles in the regular season, the playoffs, the whole nine yards. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I just think that, uh, you know, having those three Penguins there kind of enhances this rivalry. Even if you're a Ranger fan, you know, just kind of watching it from
0: that angle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's it it really the rivalry will not be the same once they all retire. And it's it's probably going to take a little bit to get that rivalry back up and you know i would honestly say that for penguins flyers but i don't think that rivalry has been relevant in the last four to five years that's just taken a turn for the worst which is weird to say because you know you think the battle of pa it would be one of the biggest but it's, it just hasn't been but yeah like the, the big three it, it's always going to be a big rivalry um with the rangers and i think it's only going to be in now john just because of that playoff series um from this past year where i think everyone was ready to rip their heads off each other from both but from both cities yeah. on social media i was Not to talk about that series overall, I was just ready for it to be over after the second game, to be honest, because like the whole back and forth was just so awful. Like, I'm just like, all right, let's, you know, I just want to focus on the hockey aspect because it was a great series overall. And I, and I do think you're going to see that boil over into this game just because of how big it is, this game standings wise.
1: I think so, too. And I'll echo what you said, Hunter, because it was just getting so nasty on social media. You know, early in that series, some of the things that people were saying to each other, uh, some of the things that I got thrown at me, I'm sure you heard it from some Ranger fans as well. It was,
0: um, it was, it was both sides, John. I'll say that. Yeah, oh, you yeah, know, absolutely. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. I, I saw some people, obviously, from the Penn social media community I wasn't thrilled, thrilled of. And I also saw some stuff up from New York with all of this stuff. So I definitely sympathize with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I remember we were DMing each other and just saying like, man, this series just needs to end. One way or another, let's just get it done with. Let's get some finality here and let's all move on with our lives mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, uh, I think uh if you're listening to this, Ranger fan or Penguin fan, whatever it might be, just try to be nice to each other during this game tonight. You know, on uh, on Tuesday night here, do your best, you know, some lighthearted smack talk, okay, but let's just keep it clean if we can. Um and Hunter, you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface here. I figure uh, We'll keep everything rolling in just a second. We'll eventually get to some predictions, some players to watch. But first, I think we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Pittsburgh Penguins is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league from pro football to college, bowl season, to basketball, and hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, Hunter and I would also just like to thank everybody for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Penguins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And uh, kind of changing gears here, I mean, we, we talked about how both teams are hot, you know, coming into this game. Hunter, um, what, what's been like the biggest key to the Penguins turning things around? I mean, obviously, Crosby going on a heater certainly does not hurt. But just in general, what are the things that the Penguins are starting to do better, you know, through this recent hot run here?
0: Yeah. You know, during their losing streak, which, you know, seven gamer, that's the longest under Mike Sullivan ever since he took over as the head coach. Um, They just were they were giving up a goal per game on the penalty kill and they were just getting bad goaltending. Um, you couple that with this, with the power play being bad. Um, You know, you lose some games that maybe you should, you should have won, but you give up goals when you shouldn't, you know, that's going to kill you. But ever since then, John, Penalty kill is back to being a top five unit in the league. It's over the last month, they were 25th, 26th in p- penalty kill percentage. They're now fourth in the league. That's been a huge um, reason for the turnaround. Tristan Jari has also been on a heater, 10-0 in tune in his last 12 starts, uh, 935, 940, save percentage, looking like the goalie that we saw for most of last season. It was a bit weird that he did not get the start on Sunday. They did not have a back-to-back um, today. So it was just a curious decision from Mike Sullivan to start Casey to Smith but I would expect Tristan to start in this game on Tuesday, especially when when you look at the standings. Um, Those I think are the two main reasons because they were playing well at 5v5 already. Their underlyings are very good. It's just they weren't getting the saves and they were giving up a goal per game on on the penalty kill. And then the power play has also really had a big heater. Um, Eight straight games now with a power play goal. That's the the longest in the Mike Sullivan uh, tenure. Um, It was tied yesterday and, against the hurricanes and the the power play looked a bit off. Yes, they did score um, on one of their five opportunities that tied the game in the second period overall, though, kind of a a meh night for it. I think if they're able to convert on one of those other opportunities, they probably win that game. But, you know, I think it's just due to the special teams and the goaltending ironing themselves out because this team is already really good at 5v5. I mean, you know, John, we saw that in the playoffs last year where I thought the penguins were the better team at even strength. It's just, they got taken taken to the woodshed in terms of, you know, Louis Domingue and, you know, not playing well as a third-string goalie. And I think the Rangers power play catching another heater because they were one of the best units in the league last year and the Penguins' penalty kill couldn't stop them. So yeah. um, I think that's been the main reason. But I'll flip it back to you, John. You know, the Rangers, they also had their struggles about a couple of weeks ago. You know, I was listening to 32 Thoughts. They were saying, like, you know, could Galant be on the hot seat because some of the Rangers fans weren't happy about it. But since then, seven in a row for them, ever since, you know, fan favorite Jacob Truba to the city of Pittsburgh through his helmet to the boards. Um, They've, they've all won, they've won every game since. So um, what has been the cause for the Rangers turnaround? Because for a while they're trying to look like, you know, they may not even potentially make the playoffs this year.
1: I mean, yeah, it's been a little bit of everything I would say, but I mean, to just start with Gallant, I mean, just for the record, and I, I talked about this on my show, like I was never on board with the idea of making a coaching change. You look what the Rangers did last season I mean, they make it to the Eastern Conference final in a season where most people didn't even have them going to the playoffs. Down 3-1 against Pittsburgh, win that series. Down 2-0 against the Canes, win that series. Um, And, you know, last year, something that really stood out in the regular season for the Rangers, their longest losing streak of the season all year last year was only three games, and that only happened twice the entire season. So pretty remarkable consistency for such a young team. And then, you know, the Rangers get off to a little bit of a slow start this year, and everybody's going after Gallant, and uh, he's not the right coach, and this and that. And the point that I made on my show is I bet a lot of people that, you know, were turning against Galan uh, probably didn't like David Quinn too much. They probably didn't like AV, probably got tired of John Tortorella, probably wanted Tom Rainey fired. So that Tor- you get the pattern here. You, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, honestly, and people are, are calling for like Barry Trotz. And I'm thinking like, yeah, Barry Trotz is an awesome coach, but his system with the players that the Rangers have, that is not a fit at all. You know, he, he plays a very defensive style, very low event kind of hockey. You, take, you can't take advantage of players like Panarin and Fox and Mika Zibanejad playing that style of hockey. You know, that worked for a while, obviously, with the Caps also, uh, certainly with the Islanders for a couple of seasons there. Um, but to me, it just was never a fit. But as far as you know, how the Rangers have turned everything around, like I said, it's just a lot of the little things. You know, they're skating a lot better, skating harder, uh, competing harder for 50-50 pucks. You know, for a while during that losing streak, there it looked like everybody was skating in quicksand. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, Were these guys this slow last year? Like, did I just overrate everybody's speed? Like, what is it? They're, they're a young team. It's early in the season. Why is this even happening right now? Um, so they've they've been better, you know, skating wise, uh, much better on special teams as well. That the power play just went through a miserable slump. I think it was like. Two for twenty-five or something like that. Uh, they've gotten that together, yeah, pr- pretty crazy. Um, Igor Shosturkin is, you know, he. I wouldn't really say that he slumped, but it's just one he's got of those a down
0: stretch he, for his standards. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. That that's exactly where I was going with that. Like, you know, he he set the bar so high for himself last season that you know all of our expectations are just through the roof. Um, but he's back to playing, you know, Vesna worthy hockey, and you know, just overall playing better in clutch situations. The Rangers were such a good third period team last year. They had been terrible in the third period this year, giving away leads left and right. Um, They've been a lot better in crunch time this year, uh, getting the job done in the third period. And, um, you know, obviously that's something that's helped them quite a bit during this, this seven-game winning streak here.
0: Yeah, no, because it was looking just bleak there for a while just because of some of the Rangers content creators that um I follow. And yeah, I mean, Shostorkin, it's hard to, You know, duplicate a 940 save percentage season. I think everyone was thinking, like, oh, yeah, he's going to do that again. But, you know, it's realistic, I think, for the save percentage to come down, you know, maybe 925, 930. That's just how I think the NHL um, works. But I think another thing I've been seeing recently, John, as well, it looks like the kids are finally playing like the kids. um, For the, well, I wouldn't say, would it be for the first time this season or maybe for the, well, I don't know if I would say it like that, but I think, you know, a lot of people around the league have been waiting for them to really just take that next step because, you know, Lafreniere, Kako, former top three overall picks, Lafreniere, number one overall pick. Philip Hedel, you know, he's been on a heater as well. Um, what have you seen from them lately that, you know, just upped your confidence? I did see that Hedel got hurt, so I'm not really sure if he's going to be in the lineup on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, he took a big hit from Lafferty against the Blackhawks. A little <clears throat> bit of a questionable hit. I mean, he's not going to be suspended or fined or anything. I, I can't go crazy about it. it- was one of those things I would have liked to see the, the Rangers maybe retaliate against him a little bit later in the game. Um, but we'll see if Heatle plays. But, you know, either way, and obviously all the best to him as well, because I don't know, they just say upper body injury could be a head injury. Um, who's to say for sure? Um, but, yeah, no, they, they've been great lately. I mean, obviously, you know, there's been high expectations for guys like Lafreniere and guys like Kako. Um, they've shown flashes here and there. They played pretty well during the playoff run last year as well. A bit of a slow start this season. What seemed to really get Lafreniere and Kako going, though, you know, the Rangers, when they're going through that losing streak, they were really juggling the lines and just trying to find anything that would work, as you do when you're really struggling. Um, But they ended up putting Kako and Lafreniere on the top line with Mika Zibanejad. And I've always felt that Lafreniere and Mika Zibanejad really have good chemistry. I'd like to see a little bit more of them, you know, somewhere down the line here. Uh, But that seemed to spark them a little bit. Then they had a quiet game or two, and then they put the kid line back together. Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako, uh, left to right. And they've been uh, serving as the Rangers' second line, um, and they've really excelled. They've got about 18 combined points in the last seven games, you know, something crazy like that. And what that's also allowed the Rangers to do is to spread out the scoring a little bit because they were kind of a top-heavy lineup. Well, now you get the kid line as the second line. You've got Mika, Panarin, and Gudro together on the top line, which has really seemed to click. And you've got guys like, you know, Trocheck and Kreider. They're now on the third line, and they're out there with Jimmy Vesey, who's overperformed this season as well. So uh, I think right now uh, they're, they're lining up quite a bit better. And obviously that kid line, I don't know if those guys just kind of feed off each other, if they galvanize each other or exactly what it is. Uh, but there is definitely definitely some chemistry uh, between that trio, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. They, they scored a, a highlight reel or goal, goal or two against the Blackhawks. I know the Blackhawks not exactly the best team in the league, but, you know, they still look really good there.
0: Yeah, that game looked like it was a, a blowout um, for I think most of that game. And that came after, you know, they took down the Flyers six to three. I'm obviously scratching Kevin Hayes helps, but, you know, the Flyers, I don't, I don't even think that would make a difference, to be that, honest. Right? Yeah. That, that's a bad team um, yeah. out there that probably needs to rebuild. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy, John, how, you know, both teams seem to just, you know, be on these heaters after some early season struggles. And I think this is going to make for um, a great game. I do think this is probably going to be one of the, the better crowds at PPG this season. I know some people have been um, a bit critical of them just because, you know, there's a lot of empty seats, but I also will say to this, you know, now that I am a full-time resident there, this is a football town for most of this year until the Steelers come to an end. And there's three week games left until they're done. Um, And there's also just been a lot of construction around the arena, which, and then the ticket prices as well for some weekend games, especially are a bit through the roof uh, right now. But um, I do think this is going to be a very, raucous crowd and i'm really looking forward to it yeah i
1: think it's going to be intense man you know the playoff series last year and everything even that happened in the regular season i'm sure the the igor chance will be out in full force and all that good stuff as well um i'm hoping you know Ranger fans and i've noticed this in years past but i've noticed it this season more than ever they seem to be everywhere like they there's certain arenas where they just kind of invade and you'll, you will get some let's go ranger chants they're not that loud because there's only so many fans there but i'm hoping that you know Ranger fans will come out and represent the team and, and, you know, maybe make a little bit of noise and, you know, see what they can do. Uh, obviously have the Rangers back and what's going to be a, a tough building to play in. Um, I did want to ask you though, about, you, know, you mentioned Tristan Jerry earlier, and I'm sure, you know, the, the rivalry going on here and we're getting close to the break. Uh, I'm sure both teams are going to go with their, their best goalie. Um, but I noticed, you know, he's a UFA after this season and, you know, he's had success as the Penguins goalie. I feel like, you know, Penguin fans, and you would know this better than me, but I feel like they, they've they kind of gone back and forth on him a couple of times. Do you feel like, like he's the guy, that he should be the guy, that this could be a franchise goalie and they got to lock him up and, and, you know, get him under contract going forward?
0: It's a tough call right now. I mean, he's playing very well. I'll say that yeah. again. 10-0 in his last 12 starts, really putting it all together. He's not top 10 in goal state above expected yet, but I think he's going to be trending. In that direction, he just struggled to open the gate <clears throat> this season. Just wasn't himself, but um, was battling, I think, a small injury. But now I think that he's 100% healthy. He's getting back to, you know, the goalie that we saw last year. And it was a shame that um, he was not healthy enough for the playoffs, Sean, because I do think he could have made a, a major impact um, in that series. You know, starting your backup to third string goalie is obviously going to change up the game plan a little bit. He, I think he could have given them a few extra saves. But this so far this last month, month and a half, he's been great um as for long term i I know that they want to sign him to an extension it's just a matter of you know where those talks gonna go me personally i've said this on my show i would still kind of wait you know i know the goalie market next year is kind of eh you know as you know a lot of years it is you know good goalies um really good goalies are hard to come by because a lot of them are locked up but i feel like you can get average goaltending for the most part um each offseason by signing a cheap by signing a goalie for cheap but for tristan it's all a matter of, you know, can he keep this up? You know, can he show that he can be the guy for the next five to six years? What does that cap hit look like? He's probably going to make, you know, a lot more money than I believe it 3.75 million per year that he's making right now. He's going to ask for, I would say five, 5.5 5 million, maybe a little more. I just don't know if he's worth that yet, just because, you know, he's been inconsistent at times, but with the way he's playing right now, I would give it to him. I just want to see um, more of that consistency. Um, Again, he's been playing a lot better as of late. You know, just I'm just really curious to see how he does uh, moving forward, especially, um, you know, as this stretch is really tough for the Penguins. After the Rangers game, they have Carolina, they have the Islanders, they have the Devils, they have the Red Wings. Um, a lot of tough teams coming up here, especially in the Metropolitan Division, where you know they really need to. Um, I, I wouldn't say make up ground, but you know, get the two points and make sure those games don't go to overtime, because then you're just giving throwing points to other teams.
1: Yeah. It's a tough call with Jerry, man, because, you know, you could kind of take the leap of faith right now and maybe get him for a little bit less, you know, obviously he can't talk to any other teams. Um, But then again, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you're kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, stuck with him. Although, you know, he has played pretty well. I feel like I would almost do it, man. I I would roll the dice a little bit. I don't know, you know, who you're going to get that's better. Unless the Penguins have some prospect that I'm not aware of uh, that's coming up through the system. But uh, yeah, you know, that that's kind of what the Rangers. It reminds me of the Igor Shosturkin situation. You know, he had not played a lot of games in the NHL, but they locked him up to a four year deal at, I think, five and a half million. I've got cap friendly here, if memory serves me correctly, 5.66 million per season. So that, that's I mean, that's a deal for him at this point. And I don't know. I mean, if I'm them, I might be a little bit proactive about that, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can definitely make the argument. I just think, I, I yeah, it's just, it's just tough for me because, like, I'm, how, how do I want to say this? Like with goalies, it's just such a it's almost, I feel like it's almost like the running back position of the NFL. You don't want to want to invest, you know, super heavily in one unless like you know you have a guy like a Shisterkin, like a Jay Gottinger, like a Andre Vasilevsky, um, so, something like that. And I'm just yeah. you know, obviously Tristan's not at that level right now. Could he get there? Maybe, but it's just it just worries me if he takes up a, a big chunk of that cap space and then you know the contract turns into one where it's unmovable. It's not going to be like a Sergei Bobrovsky contract out here. That is just a flat out albatross, but um it, it's, you know, it just, it makes me um, a little bit nervous, but you know, he keeps this up though. I will have no problem giving him that contract.
1: I hear uh, you, man. for something. sure. Um Anybody uh that you feel like has been kind of like an unsung hero for the Penguins. I mean, we know about Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Gensel and all the, all the usual suspects, but anybody who's really kind yeah. of, over-delivered for your team this year and maybe has played well during this this recent hot stretch
0: yeah i, mean, I would say you know starting out defensively p.o joseph you know this is his first full season as an nhl or he's only played before this well five six games um and he's he's been great you know he was someone that i didn't expect to make the team out of camp i thought they were going to put ty smith in there and um trade him during the preseason and i know they were trying to trade him during the preseason from what i was told but um you know i'm glad that the penguins did not he has been Outstanding in all three zones. He we we've known that he's been good defensively. It was just getting that offense to really get going, and he got a second career NHL goal just this past Monday against the Dallas Stars. That was the goal that tied it up. um And he's just been more involved in the in the offensive zone as a whole. He's been getting second power play minutes. He's just really you know a lot more polished right now as a defenseman. You can really see that his work in the AHL has paid off and. You know, he's been getting bottom pairing minutes just to ease him in. But, you know, I think right now, you know, you got to give him more than that. I would be giving him top four minutes every night. If Pedersen somehow struggles up right there with Latang, I wouldn't maybe even move Joseph up there with him. You know, that pairing, you know, had a couple of rough games a couple of years ago when the defense was really hurt due to, um, was really banged up due to injuries and COVID. But, Lately, this has just been a much different player. And I think if it weren't for a couple of other rookies who have been playing well this year, I think P.O. would be getting a little bit more Calder Trophy love. Doesn't have the points for it, but I think defensively, it's kind of like how John Marino was getting some Calder Trophy love a few years ago because of his defensive impacts were so elite. Um, P.O.'s aren't as good, but I think they are enough that people should start taking notice um, about it. Forward-wise, I would say Jason Zucker. He is a bit banged up right now week to week, though he did practice today. Don't know if he's going to play on Tuesday, but, you know, he has 20 points in 27 games. Um, finally looking like the player that they gave up quite a haul for a few years ago before the COVID shutdown. Um, he's been great on that line with Evgeny Malkin. And I'll also throw Ricard Raquel in there. Um, you know, I wasn't too crazy at the time about his extension, but he's playing top line minutes right now. And he's looking um like, how do I how do I say this? He's just, he's looking like the player that I think they thought they were going to be acquiring. Um, From the Ducks, because when he was with Anaheim towards the end, just looked like a shell of his former self, but he's gotten back to his game and then some ever since he became a member um, of the Penguins. So those three players, I think right off the top of my head have been awesome for the Penguins this season. I'll actually throw that back to you, John, you know, who outside, you know, the top guys like Zibanejad and Kreider and Panarin, who do you think um, has, you know, really impressed you this season?
1: Yeah. Um, well, um First of all, for Raquel, I, I would imagine probably something that probably helps with him. You go from Anaheim to Pittsburgh and you go from playing on this, you know, cellar dweller team and, and, you know, yeah. just struggling and struggling. And now you get to play with Sidney Crosby, you know, almost every night. So that, that had to be nice for him. Um, as far as the Rangers, you know, a couple of unsung heroes. I would say for sure. Uh, Braden Schneider, a young defenseman, made his NHL debut about halfway through last year. Ends up getting a bunch of great experience in the playoffs. Just kind of an old school, big, tough physical defenseman. Who's adding a little bit of offense to his game. I want to say he's up to like four or five goals this season. And, you know, we, we talked about how each of our teams were struggling at the start of the season, right? The biggest, one of the biggest reasons for the Rangers struggles is the pairing of Truba and Miller. They were just awful to start the season. I don't know what the problem was. I've heard truba has been playing through some injuries. Miller just seemed to be struggling with some confidence. And so Brayden Schneider's emergence, and at, at a, for a time there, he actually replaced Truba on the second pairing because that's how bad it got. Um, but his emergence was that much more important by the fact that you know Miller and Truba were struggling so much. So uh, he's been big time. Um, you know, just seems like a, a guy that's going to be a really good defenseman in this league. And as far as uh, you know, a forward. If I want to throw a forward out there, I'll actually say Jimmy Vesey. You know, he had the first tour with the Rangers, spent three seasons there, bounced around the league, hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, they bring him in on a PTO. He was no guarantee to even make the team. Uh, He did make the team. He's moved up and down the lineup. He's moved from right wing to left wing. He's killing some penalties, Um, you know, adding some offense to his game as well. But just one of those guys that's a little bit of a pest. And uh, I know Ranger fans, you know, they traded for Tyler Mott at the deadline last season. He moved on to Ottawa this offseason. Jimmy Vesey is kind of playing that that role, that that guy that's, you know, good on the penalty kill, just a good defensive forward, a little bit gritty, a little bit scrappy. You know, they had a slow start against the Devils uh, a few games ago, and you know he got into a tussle with, with somebody. I think it might have been Severson in the corner, just kind of got the team going a little bit. So really like what I'm seeing for him. For a guy on a one-year deal making the league minimum, uh, I think you have to be pretty good about uh, what Jimmy Vesey is, is giving you if, if you're a fan of the New York Rangers. Um, but, yeah, man, I figure uh, you want to make some predictions here, and then, uh, then we can call it a day.
0: Yeah, perfect. That sounds yeah. good with me.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what do you got, man? Final score, anybody to score a goal or anything along those lines?
0: I've been on a hot streak with these predictions. I've been, you know, picking them to win and they've actually been winning. So I am going to stick with that. I do think the Penguins win a tight one here. Going to go 3-2 at home. I think it's going to be, you know, just a middle of the pack scoring game. The Penguins are, uh, I wouldn't say they were frustrated about that loss to the Hurricanes, but I do think they're going to want to come back in. Uh, try to win this game just because it's so big in the standings and try to leapfrog the Rangers. I think it does end in regulation. I think Gensel gets a huge goal. You know, He was torching the Rangers, I would say, in the playoffs this past May. I think you're going to see him score at least one goal um, here. And I do think Tristan Jari um, starts and has a really good performance. So those are most of my predictions for this one. John, I'll, I'll hand the floor over to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember last year in the playoffs, man, the, the Gensol Crosby, and Russ line just yep. absolutely killed the Rangers. So when I looked at, you know, uh, daily faceoff today to see the line combos, just a little thing like seeing Brian Russ not on that line anymore, that was good with me. I mean, obviously, you know, Raquel's done a nice job there too, but, man, I, I still have nightmares about what that line was doing to the Rangers, especially early in that series uh, in the playoffs last year. But, yeah, I mean, as far as the final score, I, I mean, I can't pick against my team having won seven in a row. I'm going to say four to three Rangers in overtime because, you know, with this rivalry and the way everything goes and and the competitiveness and uh, just how, you know, evenly matched it seems to be, I just feel like we're going to see a crazy hockey game. And, you know, it's one of those games, even if you're not a fan of Rangers Penguins, you root for some other team. I'm sure you can watch this one and be uh, fully entertained by, by whatever's going to happen. So I'll say four, three Rangers in overtime. And uh, I'll say Adam Fox for the game winner in the overtime period.
0: Okay, I know. it doesn't help the other Metro teams that a game that the game goes to overtime just because there's a lo- the loser point is involved. But um, yeah. you know, would not be surprised if this does go to OT. And you know, as you said, Fox gets the game winner. He had a really good series against the Penguins in the playoffs, and you know, he's definitely always on high alert um, when it comes to the Penguins and shutting down top players.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, man, I, I figure we could call it there. But, uh, yeah, Ranger fans, Penguin fans, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. And, Hunter, man, anytime you want to do one of these crossovers, it's always a lot of fun. I'm up for it as long as you are.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, they have a lot of um, games coming up against top teams. I think they play the Rangers coming up pretty soon again as well, so we can definitely do something for that
1: too. A- absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, Ranger fans, Penguin fans, uh, thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.